dissecting the DC chaos one spin at a time. Welcome to Climate and Chaos with Jay Bashayo. Here's Jay. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Climate and Chaos with Jay. I am Jay, of course, and I've got a great show for you guys today. I've got actually a special treat for you. But first, I want to talk about one thing that did happen in D.C. this week. The liberal faux outrage continues to be a hot button in D.C., of course, when President Trump jokingly this week said that he was the chosen one and the left went nuts, of course. It was quite interesting, I have to say. He was talking about China, and he said that basically he was the one that had to deal with China because so many had ignored it in the past. So many other presidents, of course. He took a look to the sky and said, I am the chosen one. And, of course, the liberal outrage machine went off on that, thought that uh, he was proclaiming himself to be the almighty. That was an interesting thing that occurred. And I'm going to play the clip for you because I, I think this is really an interesting example of how the left and their outrageous fake outrage just goes off at times and really looks ridiculous. So let me play this clip for you and then I'll tell you what the rest of the show is going to be about. It's uh, I think this is going to be a good show. You're really going to like it. Billion dollars, 500 billion ripped it out of the United States. And not only that, if you take a look, intellectual property theft add that to it and add a lot of other things to it so somebody excuse me somebody had to do it i am the chosen one so yeah like i was saying i mean he's obviously joking there it's just more for them to get crazy about they actually had the antichrist was trending on twitter this week after this took place that's their liberal cooked up response to President Trump's humor. He actually tweeted out afterwards that he was absolutely joking about this. But, you know, that doesn't stop them. They're just off with their their outrage at, at everything and anything this president says or does. So like I was saying, I have a very exciting show for you today. I recently reconnected with a friend from middle school, believe it or not, um, about 30, almost 30 years ago, since I've talked to this fellow, his name is Kyle Oren, and he is a musician. He has an album on Bandcamp that you might want to check out, uh, some pretty contemporary rock type music, and I think it's just absolutely excellent. So if you get a chance, check out Kyle Oren on Bandcamp. He has got some great talent, okay? Now, when him and I got a chance to sit down this week, he wanted to know more about my podcast. He had found my podcast uh, and listened to it, and there were some parts that he liked quite a bit, actually. So he wanted to take a chance to ask me some questions about the podcast and how we put it together and choose topics and things of that nature. And we really had a very open and candid conversation about uh, your host, me, so we talked about uh, my viewpoints on a lot of things and how I formulate my views and things like that. So I've taken certain segments of this interview and I have broken them down for you. Um, and I'd like for you to hear them because I think it's important for you guys to know where I come from. You guys are ever so gracious enough to listen to my podcast from week to week. And again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that, but I think it's important that you guys know more about me so that you know what to expect on a weekly basis and 
know where I get my information from and and things of that nature. So first, what I want to do is I want to let you hear the, the, the beginning of the interview, where basically we just talked about the podcast itself, um, where it came from, where the idea came from, why it came from, which I feel are all very important topics for you, my fellow listeners, to know. I got about, uh, for this is about, the first clip is going to be about 10 minutes long or so, and it's just basically our, the intro to the interview. So, like I said, sit back, relax, and take a listen to this. Once I got a hold of you, you know, we started kind of talking about what we've been doing for the last 20-something years, and um, found out that you had this podcast, um, yep. Climate and Chaos. Climate and Chaos with Jay. Yep. It's a, a really cool podcast, like... It's fairly new, but it you would never know it ever. Seven Listen, episodes. It's, yep. It's ridiculously professional sounding. And um, what I really like about it is its neutrality. It has a very neutral tone to it, you know, regardless of where you are in the political realm. I'm pretty conservative. When I'm listening to your show, you can tell it's not veins popping out of your head. You're very calm. It's very nice to listen to uh, political views in that way because you can't you, you try to listen to anyone's political views nowadays. You can't right. do it without, a, you know, some other war breaking out. So, right. Um, right. I really, really dig that about your show. That's where the name came from. Um, climate refers to the political climate in D.C. and chaos is the I deduct the chaos that ensues. So that's kind of where I drew the name from. My my views are very strongly conservative, um, and usually, and I do try to stay tactful, and I do try to stay level voiced. But I think that the Democrat Party of today is not the JFK Democrats. They're not even close. They're extremely to the left. They believe in things that are pretty much in the realm of morbidity. So, the purpose of my podcast is I. I speak out. I do my part. It all started for me 2016-ish, like right around the last presidential election. I started getting involved when, um, I mean, come on, let's face it. You know, nobody really thought Trump would be where he is now. Back then, he was running against a bunch of different Republicans. He was the guy that was the outsider. And I guess like a lot of people, I took an interest to him. I mean, I knew of his success in business, and I thought there was the possibility he could be successful in politics. But what I never expected to happen was the temper tantrum that you see from the left now. Three years later, they can't accept the fact that he won the election. They are constantly out to get him a coup to overthrow his presidency, and that made me engage more. I just... I couldn't stay I neutral to the sidelines on that anymore. I had to speak. And I don't, you know, the whole thing is it's like I don't make anything off my podcasts. And I like listening to myself almost. And and I know that if the right people hear it, things could happen. But I don't really aim for that. I just aim for whatever's bothering me that week, I throw out there. But it's exhausting. It really the is. The thing is when you're listening to it, you don't have this like it bothers me tone to it you gotta you definitely have like um some sometimes you get there's a little slap here and there you know but it's not this all-out bash uh bashing of like anything and um to be honest it's like more uh educating than anything like i am not a political person at all whatsoever right i can listen to your show right and but that says a lot 
that should yeah. say a lot for anyone who knows me to say that I can sit there and listen to your show all the way through. That's a huge deal, you know, at one point. Media, media. And, and, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my father used to religiously do the same thing every day. He'd come home from work and dinner would be ready and the news would be on. And he would watch the news and learn everything he need, needed to know. You can't do that anymore. Because there's too much yes. bias in news. And Absolutely. some some people, the left says that there's bias to the right. The right says there's bias to the left. One thing we can all agree on is that there's bias. Right. Okay? We all know that everybody in the media today is biased left or right. What happens is in the middle of that, you lose the truth. And there is no truth anymore. So what I try to do is... I'm very careful of what I say, and I try to make sure that everything I say is researched and factual and re-researched. I never try to put anything out that's fake or false or rumor, and I try to just give it to people straight. And this it has is, that tone. It has this that is tone the left time. side of it. This is the right side of it, and this is how I feel. You know, that that kind of methodology is what I use. So, Right on. I mean, so much so that I have kind of never really paid attention to anything political because of the people that get the veins popping out of their heads and stuff like that. That stuff, I can't deal with it um, at all. The way that you present it is kind of interesting. It's, it's getting me interested to want to hear your next episode and your next episode because it's how you put it out there. And it's, it's, uh, it's all real information, you know? Like, it's not Alex Jones freaking out, you know? Everything's right. a conspiracy. No, I try to stay away from anything that involves wearing a tin hat. Tin is <laughs> tin is not my color. But yeah, no, I I uh, I'm I'm definitely not what you would call fair and balanced. I am biased heavily towards conservative values, but you know, I try to like I said, I try to present both sides. People can deduct what they want from it. It's not something I expect liberals to listen to. I don't think they'd want to hear what I have to say because I am as right leaning leaning as I am. But, but you're 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 ridiculously. But I, I try fair. to be I try to be as fair as I possibly can. You can so. hear it. You can hear how it how it just it just comes through. It right. really comes through. Now I like like I was explaining before. I come from like just not anti politics. Like I just I'm not out there protesting ever right. or whatever that is. Right, one um, way or the other. Right. I just right. you know I'm I go I work you know I'll. Eat. I have gas in the car. I come home, you know. Uh, go to the gym. Whatever, you know right. what I mean. I'm just. Right. It's kind of about just living at one point, you know. Now, kind of, which kind of leads me to, I guess, rolling into this. How do you feel that being as political as you are and involved in it? Could you give advice at all on how to filter that stuff for people in in a better way? Because people take it in. And they don't know what to do with it. It just becomes, it boils over and it just boils over into everything. Their family life, they can't agree with anybody. Like they're fighting with their wives and husbands and daughters and grandpas and grandmas are just in hatred, pure hatred, just because they can't right. process. Yeah. It's, yeah, because there's so many different versions of the same story. Absolutely. I could tell you exactly my philosophy and the way I feel. Find your own facts. Don't count on the media to bring it to you. Don't count on CNN. Don't count on Fox. Don't count on OAN. They all have their left or their right or whatever. 
do your own research. That's what I tell everybody. And that's also a conservative value. We don't depend on news for reports. CNN said the other day that uh, 50% of Trump's followers on Twitter are fake bot accounts. First off, he has 60 million followers on his account. You're telling me they went through all 60 million to discern that information? Yeah, who knows? I seriously doubt it, okay? If you're interested to know if it really matters to you how many of Trump's followers are really Trump people, look for yourself. I mean, honestly, look for yourself. Right. If you're, if you're willing to get stressed out and compromise your health and relationships, at least do the research, right? Absolutely. You have to do the research. You can't, to count on anybody nowadays is completely counterproductive. I mean, there's, there's no purpose to it because there is bias in everything. It's the same way as if I go in and experience something and I come back and I tell you about my experience. If you went and experienced it and came back and told me, it would not be the same story. Right. Something would vary, okay? You would hype up something that I didn't hype up, or I would hype up something that you didn't hype up. It would be different one way or the other, and that's what you get through news. Once everything gets filtered down to the guy standing in front of you on the television set telling you, that story has changed events three or four times at least. So right. if you're really concerned about an issue... How do you decide where you stand on an issue? You know, take anything. The hot buttons right now in America are abortion, uh, open borders, uh, gun control, things like that. You have to weigh how important an aspect is to you of that discussion versus how important the opposite end of it is. I believe in my Second Amendment rights. I believe in my right to carry a gun because I want to protect myself against crime. See how level that was? Anyone listening? Do you understand what I'm talking about now? <laughs> Listen to his show. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it. you have to be able to, to dissect from every side. It's like I've said to people before, I don't agree with what you're saying, but I would die for your right to say it because it is your right to say it. I will tell you one of the nicest things that I have found as far as self-gratification goes is when I get feedback on this podcast and I hear that people actually like what I'm saying and are in tune with it. So that portion of the interview was really nice hearing Kyle's opinion on what it is that I do. And I feel that hearing things like that from time to time can be a motivating factor for me, actually. So it was, uh, it was very, very uh, productive, you could say, for me to take part in an interview with Kyle. So then after that, we kind of went into uh, my military service and we talked a little bit about that and how it formulates my views. And we also touched on the art of debate and how we can have conversations with people to change minds possibly. And some people are just not open to that whatsoever. So we discussed that for a little bit. Go ahead and uh, take a listen to this. It seems like you should have every vein in your head shooting out at the same time. For you to go through what you went through and be able to process it like that is huge. That's no small thing at all. And right. I think you have, you could, you could show a lot of people, not only like, you know, different aspects and different perspectives through your show, you know, uh, on politics, but you can show people 
Like, I think that's so important how you're able to process. I think that's the the biggest thing to me about you is your ability to process something like that after what you've been through. After serving in the military, obviously, I have an appreciation for first responders, law enforcement, military, and that helps in a sense because I have kind of deducted that at this point in time, the left, whether they realize it or not, they'll never say that they're anti-law enforcement or whatever, but, you know, the last president got cops killed in Dallas because of his racial rhetoric. The left will debate me on that. I've seen it. I know what I'm talking about because I've seen the speech. Everything is shaped around our experiences. And my experience in combat made me feel a certain way. I'm very pro-2A. I'm very, you know, pro-law enforcement, things like that. Where the other side of the spectrum, you don't see that as much. Not just on the political spectrum, but a lot of times it's just people in general. If you haven't been there, it's hard to describe the feeling you get towards different things that we all deal with on a daily basis. Cops, you know, things like that. Cops, uh, medics and firefighters and military and things like that. That kind of shapes my beliefs. But I think the reason that I'm able to discern things the way I do is because of the fact that you have to gather facts in order to shape your opinion. So, yeah, I could jump on a mic and start screaming like crazy about how I think the left is wrong about abortion or open borders or whatever. You know, I could absolutely give all these reasons, but there's a couple things I've learned over the time I've done this. Number one thing I've learned is when you yell, people generally don't listen. Right. They tune you out. And when you present an argument, that makes sense and is factual, you get more of a response. So that's what I aim to do. You know, and it, it's the art of having a conversation with, you can still have a conversation even if you don't agree with somebody. That is that is the biggest problem we right. have. In my opinion, that's the biggest problem we have in this country. Nobody debates. People go straight to the name calling. People go you know, straight to the labels. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You're an anti-Semite. You're this, you're that. Nobody talks. Nobody the says. The art of the cool. Right, right. Like, like just n- nobody has that. Nobody takes the time to actually discuss things and say, okay, well, you may feel that way, but this is how I feel and this is why. You know, it, there's not a whole lot of times when I can't have an intellectual debate with somebody until they get to that point. Oh, no, you're just wrong. You're racist. Okay, so from there, we we went into what it was that actually drove me to start this podcast. And we talked about the coup attempt on the president and what led up to my getting an interest in politics, really. And some of you have probably already deducted the fact that the 2016 election was the driving factor for me. That's kind of what pushed me into it. And I took a very, I started to take a very big interest in our civil rights and things like that. So at this point, that's what we went into and started talking about. Just sit back and listen to this. It's very hard to ignore what's happened in the last three years. Democracy is either extremely important to you or it isn't. Right. And if it's not, then Okay, fine. That's cool. You know, does that make me less of an American, though? Absolutely not. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't make you less of an American. You're going with the flow, but 
you have to understand that the flow almost changed very, very badly for our country. There was a legitimate attempt to overthrow the duly elected president of the United States. Right. The FBI was involved in it. The CIA was involved in it. Five Eyes, other countries, UK, Australia. These diplomats were all involved in this. They literally tried to take the president that we elected as the people and remove him from office. And they haven't stopped trying since. It's always something new. Yeah. You know, first it was Russia. He he got elected because of Russia. He colluded with Russia. And then the report comes out, no collusion. Okay, well, he obstructed the investigation. Well, how could he have obstructed something if there was no crime in the first place? So that didn't make any sense. So then when he got voted in, it's, everyone was freaking out. People went yep. nuts, obviously. Sky was falling for the left, yep. And the only thing I could only thing I could think of with knowing what I know about any of it, I go, this should be interesting. And it's been pretty interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um that's all I can say change. about it. That's all it's, I could say about it. It's not going to change. And I have a very good feeling at this point. And I mean, this is not just an what I want or an off the top of my head. I think that there is an extremely good chance, a really good chance that Donald Trump is going to get reelected. I, I kind and of feel like it's going that way, you know, but um, people, it's just interesting. People tend to vote with their pocketbooks. And if you ask yourself a very simple question that I was always taught to ask myself, you will come to that deduction. And the question is, are you better off now than you were four years ago? I am definitely better off now than I was four years ago. We had a very stagnant economy under Obama. We never saw more than a percent, percent and a half GDP. We have not been lower than 2.8. And, and we're in the threes now. That brings up a good I guess, topic or, you know, how does it affect, how does it directly affect your life? Is it making the, the fan go, you know, less or are you getting less light in your house or are you breathing less air because of it? Are you eating less food because of it? Are you eating more food because of it? You know, like how is it, how does paying attention to politics and absorbing something like that, how does it positive? I think it's important because the liberal ideology in this country is going somewhere it's never gone before. We have never, ever been so close to socialism, communism in this country as we are now. And you talk about, does it affect your everyday life? Well, it will if they get their way. All the 2020 Democrats want to give illegal aliens health care. They want to decriminalize crossing the border. They want to open the border up and say, come on in. And when you do, we're going to give you health care for free. Where do you think that comes from? Who do you think pays for that? You're paying for it. We're paying for it in taxes. They, I know, but my it's going to be tax, has, taxes are going to be one thing or another anyway. Whether it's there because of their getting free health care, or they can air the Democrats want to install more social programs for illegal aliens and for rights of entitlement, more entitlement type programs that we're all going to pay for. They're talking about tax rates of 70%. Did you know that? As far as like, is there like a predicted timeline or, you know? If one takes office in 2020, it'll happen. They're talking about 70% tax break. That means, or tax uh, brackets. If you take home, if you make $1,000 in a week, they're talking about you keeping $300 of it. That That's, sounds awesome. That's yeah, all you need. Right? Everyone's because cool they have to have a way eating beans. to pay for... All the illegals that they want to give health care to. Right. So 
is it affecting us on a daily level now? I mean, is it going to affect the way I drive my car or get gas or anything like that? No, probably not. We're living in an excellent economic time right now. Unemployment is low and jobs are great and our economy is wonderful. But that can all go away very quickly. And it takes the vigilance of citizens to make sure that it doesn't happen. So at this point, Kyle wanted to get a little bit more in-depth in his analysis. So what we started to talk about next was uh, an issue that I talked on a couple podcasts ago that really struck him was my chaos reduction for the episode that I did on mass shootings. And we talked about the root causes of mass shootings and the things that you won't hear so much from the media, of course, or you won't hear from the left either. And we talked about the, like I said, the mental health aspect and how it impacts shootings and what we can do to stop them. And we started having a rather in-depth conversation about that. So I'm going to roll this last clip of the interview with you, and then I will be back. Okay, so the way I see it is every time we have a mass shooting or whatever, it's always the same thing from the left. The left always just wants to ban guns. Okay, first they want to start with assault rifles, which is a... It's a made-up term anyway. It, it basically is just a media term that carries no clear definition or worth. Um, but what nobody ever wants to look at is the root cause. And the root cause is generally, in most cases, mental illness. Um, but they, they don't want to hear that part. Um, it seems like every time we have a shooting, it, there's always signs afterwards. Someone will say, oh, this guy was unstable. I'm not surprised he did that. Or... You know, oh, yeah, he did that. Well, yeah, that guy was a little weird. Or, yeah, I saw, you know, him acting kind of crazy. I, I probably should have said something, but I didn't. And that's what we run into a lot. You know, it people aren't looking for the signs that could stop shootings. You know, that they're, they're there in most cases. Right. So if people were looking for them more, then we might be able to stop a few if we were to get these people help that that actually need it that just gets overlooked people think that if we take the guns out of people's hands it'll stop criminals from getting them if that's the case why is it that cities like chicago have one of the highest morbidity rates but they have the strictest gun laws okay the guns will always get in the criminal's hands but if we get a control on the mental health aspect of it you would see shootings go down at least in half I mean, which is obviously progress from where we are now. Which that's, is, that's just, that's such, that's really important. That's just such a great point. What happened to the, to, well, I guess like the mental health aspect of holistic health, you know, or any kind of holistic care? What happened to um, the idea of taking care of people? that have mental issues well, rather than just going to the doctor and getting a pill, you know? Right, right. And it's on these people to take their pills and, um, no one, people just go off their meds all the time. And then a lot of times it seems a lot of times that's when stuff like that happens. What do you have any, you know, insights on, or like a chaos reduction to, what we could possibly do to get that back, like that kind of care, that that care for uh, mental illness, rather than just kind of pushing it aside. What what I think happened over a period of time is 
I think people got rather cynical. And I think we, I don't know if we ever really truly looked out for each other the way that we probably should, but we sure as hell don't do it now. I mean, we've kind of taken on an every man for himself type position. Right. And we hardly look to those around us for certain reasons. Okay. For one, mental health is a stigma for a lot of people. Okay. People don't want to realize that they have a problem. And if I'm your friend, okay, the last thing I want to do is call you out on something and make you feel uncomfortable. Now, it's also a lot to do with the fact that we think to ourselves, well, he's not going to go that crazy. He's not going to go off on the rails. I mean, I can see he's a little upset or whatever, but he's not going to, he's not going to go there, you know? And then a lot of times they go there. So I think it's because of the fact it's such a touchy situation that people don't want to upset their friends or say to them, Hey man, you know, how you feeling? I've been noticing lately, you know, you've been a little off or whatever, you know, you need help. Is that what you need? I'll help you out. I'll get you whatever you need. People don't want to say that. Just People to be able are to talk about it. To offend. Yeah. Right. The conversation doesn't take place. Right. And that's what leads to mass shootings. But you can't put it on politics. You can't put it on the guns. Perfect example. The shooter in Dayton was a was pro socialist, pro communism, pro Antifa, okay, and an Elizabeth Warren supporter. All right. The shooter in El Paso, now these shootings took place a week apart, okay? The shooter in El Paso was more of a white supremacist. He wanted to stop the invasion of uh, Hispanics coming in from the southern border. That was his, his take. You couldn't have different political ideologies one way or the other more different than those two things. Those are complete opposites on the, po- on the political scale. So obviously political ideology, as as much as some people want to paint it that way, is not the issue, okay? These guys actually had something wrong with them bad enough that they picked up a weapon and they intended to commit mass murder, okay? There were signs, okay? We never want to admit that before it happens, but everyone is so quick to say it after. Yeah, I knew that guy. Man, he was messed up. (laughs) Okay, well, why didn't you say anything prior to him shooting up a Walmart, you know? Yeah, I, I think it, that's a huge point um, as far as being able to talk about it. Uh, I remember when I had you know my little struggles with depression and stuff. I don't, I've never been on any meds or anything like that for depression or any kind of mental illness or anything like that. Um, but I've sought out therapy plenty of times, and uh, I remember trying to talk about that with my family, and no one wanted to talk about it. You know, I asked my father, you know, like, hey, um, has, have you ever had any issues with depression or anything like that? It was more like he was offended that I was asking kind right. of type thing. It was like, right. you just kind of, you know, walk it off type of thing. Rub some dirt on it. But you know what I mean? It was just like talking about it was such a taboo thing. And right. I'm right. like, wow. And my dad's a fairly open guy. We like don't want to see we don't want to see faults in our children either. But my dad, like my dad, is kind of like a walking fault, but uh, right. he is just is like he's pretty open like that. I didn't expect right. that from him, and that's when it kind of struck me pretty hard. I was like, "Oh, my dad can't even talk about something like this," you know. And he's kind of like he's good at kind of being open to a lot of stuff, and he couldn't he couldn't even touch it. And I was like, "Huh." 
Okay. So that was the breakdown. That was the interview that I did with Kyle, or at least the highlights of everything. And I hope it was informative for you. I hope you were able to learn more about your podcaster and my views and opinions and how I formulate them and what goes into my thought process each week. I thought it was important to share this with you. I thought it would be something that you could benefit from because you can never know too much about the guy behind the microphone, I think. All your big-name guys that are behind microphones, they all have opinions and formulated philosophies, and they all come from somewhere. So I thought it would be important for you to know more about me. So I hope you took something out of this. Now, you haven't heard the last of Kyle because Kyle and I are working on a separate podcast that we're going to be doing. It's going to be less politically driven and probably more about current events and maybe a little bit touching on uh, religious philosophy or just things of that nature. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, Kyle and I are going to reuse the name of his previous podcast, which is going to be called The Burn Rate. So keep your ears open for that. You're probably going to mostly find that on YouTube. And of course, speaking of YouTube, I wanted to let you guys know also that Climate and Chaos is now available on YouTube. Um, it took a little while for me to formulate and get everything uh, swapped over to video files. But you can now listen to Climate and Chaos with Jay on YouTube. So please, if you haven't found that yet, take part in it. Do me a favor. Please hit the subscribe button when you do, because that is very beneficial to me. So. That would be really great. So like I said, we didn't cover much news today, but we covered getting to know your podcaster, and I feel that's just as important. So once again, I thank you for listening to Climate and Chaos with Jay. You guys are the absolute best and the reason why I do this. So please continue to be good to each other until the next time we meet. Take care.